And I think Australia is a, is a fair country. They, they give the, all the people these same opportunities. If you work hard, you definitely will get what you want. That's Australia. On Dirty Linen, we are always interested in restaurants, of course, but we are also interested in the educational journey of hospitality professionals. And it's something we've touched on over and over again, just this question of whether the training is fit for purpose. Uh, Today's guest is Jimmy Wang. He is the founder of the Akami Group of Japanese restaurants, which can be found all around Australia. And he's recently founded Oakleaf Education Institute, which is training the next generation of hospitality professionals. Jimmy, welcome to Dirty Linen. Um, thanks, thanks, Annie, and uh, really nice to talk to you. And it's it's my pleasure as well. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure too. So, Jimmy, you're the CEO of you know two really interesting and quite, I guess, different but complementary businesses. Can you tell us a bit about Okami Group first of all? Yeah, Okami is uh, providing um, all you can eat Japanese restaurant at the moment, and uh, we have forty restaurant. Um, nationwide and uh, growing as well and we try to bring the metro history to rural Australia too and uh, um, at the moment as we we are a little bit hard for finding the staff so that's why and we have an idea for getting our own training schools yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, it's so can do. I love it. And yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, you've got um, more than 40 branches of Akami around Australia, including in rural areas. Can you talk about the particular challenges of staffing in uh, once you get out of the cities? Um, the first um, the, the difficulty is about the, the Okami restaurant setup. And um, because it's at the moment, it's very hard to find the place. And uh, all, and uh, also, once you do the renovations, the construction always delays because of the COVID. And all the material price increasing as well. So at the moment, everything, all the cost is goes up. And for the staffing, um, um, we just keep increasing because of a shortage of staff. And, uh, you know, the people always asking for the higher price when their skills not not reach to our our standards. And also that's a struggle for the owners as team members as well. And for the pricing is about the restaurant, all the costs, all the materials goes up as well. So that would be too hard for us and uh, to getting survival. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, costs and pricing is something we've spoken about a lot on Dirty Linen um, recently, and those pressures, I suppose, come from all sides. I mean, are there any, because you've got a number of restaurants with um, consistent menus, are there any, uh, I guess, economies or cost hacks that you've been able to implement that have helped make things stack up as, as a business? Yeah, the, the the lucky thing is we have our own center kitchens, so we we can getting getting the direct getting the stuff from farms, local farms. So that's why we can we can still get a, a good price as well, and also all the food and uh, we have the center kitchen to to do the pre 
pre-prepare. So once we send to the restaurant, it's easier for the chef to do all the preparations. So that's why we can cut some costs on the staff, staff wages. Yeah, it's really interesting because, yeah, I'm looking at some of the restaurant locations. I mean, there's restaurants in Sydney and Melbourne and Canberra, but also Albury, Ballarat, Bendigo, um, Wagga, like destinations, you know, Dubbo, all in different places. I mean, I wonder also about the logistics of getting these um, partly prepared foods to those more remote stores. I mean, supply is something a lot of people are talking about. Is it do you manage that yourself or are you reliant on logistics companies? Um, for the state to state, are we using the logistic company? But for the for for the for the city like Sydney, Melbourne, and Canberra, and we deliver ourselves. We try to keep the food is in fresh. And I mean, I know we're speaking to you at the moment. You're in Tokyo. What sort of like how do you sort of place Okami? among the restaurants that you see in Japan or indeed other Japanese brands in Australia, do you feel that you're offering an Australian spin on Japanese cuisine? Um, um, Yes, but um, we cannot say our menu is not that traditional as a Japanese food. So we have some, some, some like um, developers for the Western people's taste. What sort of dishes? Um, it's like beef carpaccio. The beef carpaccio is actually it's like an Italian Italian dish, but that's use the raw high standard beef and uh, with some ponzu sauce, which is Japanese sauce, and we try try to the keeps uh, these dishes as fresh, and also um, how to say is um, as we use kind of like. Australian ingredients like we use Australian beef to 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 do the Japanese taste. Yeah, so great. I mean, I know that in Japan there's such an embrace of food from all around the world with, I mean, the Japanese version of Italian food is so fascinating, Japanese version of French food. So it's, yeah, really, really interesting to, um, yeah, the way that you're uh, creating Australian Japanese menus around the country here. Uh, we actually have the Japanese chef um, in our center kitchen. Um, he is a person to design all the menus. So he tried to combination the Japanese and the Australian people, the, which the taste maybe keep the balance with. Yeah, so interesting. And, and I guess when you've got all those different branches, consistency is, must be such a big focus for you. Um, is that one of the reasons that you have the central kitchen? Um, center kitchen is the things we can keep the standard. So we 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 cooking all the sauce in the center kitchen and we deliver it to all the different restaurants. But we try to keep the, all the taste as, as the same. Mm, fantastic. So let's talk about Oak Leaf. Um, tell me about, you know, the thinking behind uh, creating your own education institute. Okay. <laughs> Be honest, at the beginning, it's, um, I just want to work out the staff shortage. Um, because um, during the COVID, it's too hard to find the staff. And, uh, you know, the staff always comparing with the wages with the others. So that's why it's, it's, it's kind of like a big, big challenge for us. So if we want real sustainable the solution for the staff shortage, I think we might be, we need to have our own training place. So that's why I have the idea about the Oclave educations. And, I mean, so you're offering, 
you're obviously accredited. Um, you're offering Cert 3 in commercial cookery, Cert 4 in kitchen management, a diploma of hospitality management. And tell me about the work placement that's offered at the end of the course. Yeah. Um, um, for the Oakleave, um, the who studying the Oakleave, the education, we can guarantee their work opportunities. And also we provide, uh, we, because we have our own commercial kitchens, so we can, we can train them at a, a, a real place and uh, we can teach them um, in the right sets of the skills. So that will be, they'll be ready to go back out of the workplace and uh, contribute to supporting the society as well. Yeah. I mean, do you feel that um, Asian cookery is not as represented as it could be in the current educational institutions? Yeah. Uh, of course, we are, we are welcome to all students who wants to be spread their wings in their industry. So that's why we not only, the students we are not only prepared for our own restaurants, and uh, we also as welcome for, for the chef is starting probably having the skills in the other countries as well, like Vietnamese food and uh, Thailand. And also we have a cooperation with MasterChef as well. And uh, they probably can do the master class with these students, providing them the different tirade of exposure to the real world of hospitality. Wow, that's so cool. So, um, Jimmy, what's the response been like? Um, <laughs> because I have the same bank background with them. Um, I'm studying the uni before, and because our family have some financial problems, that's, that's why I study the cookery as well. So at that time, I finding the cookery is very hard to find a job. And also, once you want to graduate your 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 schools, you have to get 900 hours working hours. So that's why what I can do is I can support all the students in Oak Leaves. I can help them to to get more opportunities. And has the response been good? Do you find that you're getting students who are making inquiries and and enrolling at Oakleaf? Yeah, I will try my best. Okay, <laughs> I know. I know that um, you know international students were added about $40 billion to the Australian economy before COVID. Um, obviously, that tailed off considerably during the pandemic. Um, but, you know, students have started to return in great numbers, especially now that the Chinese government has is requiring students studying overseas to actually be on campus. Are you noticing more students returning to Australia? Yeah, at the moment, it's for higher education that would be easier to moving back to Australia. But for the TAFE, it's still, still a little bit hard. Um, um, be honest, as Daniel, because I have the same background with them, so I know how hard the students who are studying the TAFE and uh, if they're willing to stay in the Australia and how difficult for them to find the right ways. So... Um, what I want is um, I want to give them the 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 right way to to let them to finding the right track 
to maybe join the Australia, this, this good communities. Ah, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So that, so one of your motivations, um, f- one of your motivations for Oakleaf is to smooth the path that you found quite difficult personally. Yeah, um, especially in in China, it's got a, a lot of the students. They may be living in a lower middle class, but if they want to change their destiny, I'm thinking that Australia is a very good country to give them these opportunities, because I'm the one who changing my op- the destinies. So, Jimmy, t- I'd love to know a bit more about your story. Um, tell me about where you grew up and how you came to Australia. <laughs> um, thanks, Danny. Um, I came to Australia in 2002. I started high school in year 11. Um, once I finished my high school, I'm, I'm studying the manufacturing engineering in RMIT. Um, once I get to the year two, um, my family have some financial problems. So I have to job to to study the commercial cookery. So at that time, I I have a I had a very disappointed because um, all the family all, all the parents wants you getting into higher educations, but they they didn't really know about the 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 house difference between the Australia and the China. So once I started in the commercial cookery, and then finished my graduating. Um, um, I someone found me in the partnership to open the restaurant um, as a Sichuan restaurant. Um, after two years, and I'm, I'm 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 doing my own business as a kami in 2013. Until now, we have 40 restaurants. Wow, that's really inspiring. So, is your family background from Sichuan? Yeah, my family background is is very normal. Very normal. But from from Sichuan province? Uh, no, as uh, we, uh, my background, um, I'm born in Shanghai. <laughs> why I'm why I'm doing a Sichuan restaurant? Because when one of the Sichuan the restaurants, the chef, and finding me because I'm a, I'm a hard worker. And um, once I started in the Taif, I got three jobs. The the first job starting in the morning around four thirty, and uh, for the newspaper delivery. <laughs> the second job is from nine o'clock to four thirty. I'm walking the two two two. I'm sorry. I'm walking the two dollar shop. And the last job, what I do is is in the in the restaurant. I'm doing the kitchen hand. So how many hours sleep did you get? Um, be honest. At that time, I roughly seventy hours a week. <laughs> seventy hours working and a few hours sleeping. Yeah. So for my life, it's only two things, work and sleep. Wow, Jimmy, that's a tough road. So what was it that made you want to open Japanese restaurants? Um, that's kind of um, a very good opportunity. As a, so once you want to do the right things, you have to choose the right things. Um, I think the Japanese food, once I started in the, in the cookery school, I'm finding the Japanese food is is most similar food with the Australian food because that's they always using the fresh fresh materials and it's, it's a lot of different with Chinese. Wow, that's so interesting. So you saw an opportunity. Yeah. And also the Japanese food is means healthy. I, I'm thinking that's a good f- good for future as well. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and so wh- when di- where did you open the first Okami restaurant? Um, I think 2013. I think the first restaurant opened in March. And where was that one? Um, I think Hampton. Right. Amazing. So that's a really quick journey from um, 2013 to have one restaurant to having more than 40 restaurants uh, yeah, a decade later, not to mention a pandemic along the way. Um, can you, are you surprised at how much it's grown? Um, yeah, of course, it's very, uh, it's quite a surprise for me as well. But um, um, be honest, as as not only me as I got a group of my team to support me, so that's why we can we can and we can work until now. And uh, later on, we we willing to open like over hundred the Okami, um, all close over the Australia. Wow, it's exciting! I can't wait to watch um, watch you grow the business. Uh, so. Jimmy, what what advice would you give? What would you say to a young student, perhaps coming from China like yourself, who is wondering how to make their way and make the most of the opportunities in Australia? What would you say to them? And work hard and uh, try to be nice to everyone. And I'm the person uh, to get this benefit. Um, once I, the, because of my family have some financial problems, um, my, my parents willing, willing me to back to China because they don't have enough financial supporting to me. So at that time, my boss is helping me, the sponsor me. And, and most of the people heard this story. They say, ah, oh, Jimmy, you must be a good guy. But I always say as everyone treat me good. So they treat me as a good guy because everyone treat me well and they are kind to me. So let me become still a good guy. Wow, that's such a nice attitude. <laughs> I think that it must be reciprocated. I think you must have worked so hard and brought such good energy to their businesses that they treat you so well. Um, I think Australia is a, is a fair country. They they give the all the people these same opportunities. So the problem depends you you want to get or you how hard are you willing to get. If you work hard, you definitely will get what you want. That's Australia. I love it. Um, thank you so much, Jimmy. Really inspiring to speak to you. Congratulations on the 48 locations of Okami. And yeah, huge congratulations on the founding of Oakleaf. I hope um, you not only train staff for yourself, but for other businesses around the country. Thanks very much, Danny. Thanks to give us these opportunities. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.